What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Chat It Up podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shooter, bringing you interviews, news, and reviews about all things Upper Peninsula of Michigan. We've got a really great episode for you guys this week, and so we'll just jump right into things here, and we're going to start off with This Day in Uper History, which is brought to you by the good folks at Pasty.com. That's P-A-S-T-Y dot com and the Pasty Central Facebook page. So here is June 18th, this day in Uper history. Pasty Central Day in History, June 18th. On this day in 1812, the U.S. Congress declared war on the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. Two days shy of eight years later, the last British flag over Sault Ste. Marie had been lowered. And in 1855 on this day at the Sioux, the steamer Illinois became the first boat to pass through the Sioux locks. The trip past the rapids of the St. Mary's River took less than an hour, thus beginning this waterway's important role in America's industrial growth. Today the busiest locks in the world at Sault Ste. Marie celebrate 159 years of service. Finally, on this day in 1873, Susan B. Anthony was fined $100 for attempting to vote in the 1872 presidential election. Pasty Central Day in History, June 18th. Another big thank you to the folks over at Pasty.com and the Pasty Central Facebook page for making that segment possible. It's time for this week's interview. And it is with Colleen and Suma Masuya. Colleen is a born and raised Uper, and her husband is definitely not. <laughs> uh, her husband, Suma, is from Tanzania, which is about 8,000 miles from the Upper Peninsula. And Colleen uh, happens to be my cousin. And I knew that after my last episode, um, when I talked about the UP having a real lack of racial diversity, uh, and cultural diversity, um, I knew that I wanted to try and seek out a story of somebody that was living here in the UP um, that maybe has a different experience than the vast majority of us Upers are, are used to. Um, and thankfully, I did not have to look very far to find that. Um, Colleen and Suma, they live here in Marquette, and I'm just, I'm really uh, excited and, and proud to, to share their story because not only is it is it a, a great story, but I just think uh, it's an important one that needs to be heard right now. It's really relevant to, to everything that's going on in the world. So um, as I always like to say, I'm going to just get out of my own way and let the interview speak for itself. So without further ado, let's chat it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Colleen and Suma. Both of you, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks. We're excited to be here. You're the the second couple that I've ever had on the podcast. I had some friends of mine the first season, but this is my second time doing like a couple's interview. So (laughs) we're excited. Well, we're honored. We're super glad to be here. (laughs) Good, good. So I'll just jump right into things. So clean, you know, you're from the UP, a very rural part of the UP known as Felch. When you think back on, on growing up in the UP, what are some key memories that stick out to you? Um, I, I loved, I loved growing up in Felch. It is such a a quaint town where the community just really sticks together and, um, people are just very loving and very kind. And, and, you know, of course, North Dickinson school is like 
you know, the place there, the only school that's there. So right. <laughs> My memories, a lot of them are from school and just being able to be with a lot of the same friends growing up and being in sports with those friends and um, yeah, just having family close by. That was always really awesome. Um, yeah, so those are probably the, the biggest things that stand out is just that the community is just so warm and sure. um, yeah. And I figured you'd mention like family because well, a preface for everybody listening in on this clean is my cousin and uh, my mom and, and her dad are our, our brother and sister. And we have a very big family. So it seems like a lot of my memories too, from growing up are always being around family in one, one way, shape or form. So, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Now, now Suma, you're from Tanzania, which is 8,000 miles from, from the UP. <laughs> Um, did, did you grow up in a big family? Like, like we had, like what we're talking about, did you have a lot of relatives around? Oh yes, I did. My dad was part of the, uh, 14, um, in, wow. yeah. So yeah. I have, um, a lot of relatives <laughs> and cousins. It's, okay. um, I'm grateful for that too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, similarities in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, growing up, um, like Scott, you mentioned, uh, born and raised in Tanzania, in a yep. little town called Moshi, um, in Kilimanjaro region um, of the country, which is uh, on the northern part of the country. Okay. Um, and Kilimanjaro is one of those regions where there is multiple tribes that comes from there. Um, so each region in the country, there is a tribe that comes mm -hmm. from that particular area um, in the country. And Two uh, tribes coming from Kilimanjaro is the uh, Pare tribe and Chaga tribe. And I am lucky to be part oh. of those two tribes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, um, my dad was uh, on, from, from Pare tribe. Uh, my, my, my mom was uh, Chaga. Um, so I grew up um, understanding both sides, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, when you're talking about these tribes, I'm assuming then they kind of have each have their own like kind of traditions and culture, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. So uh, there's so many, there's over a hundred tribes. Um, in wow. The okay. Yeah, and each of these tribes have different eth ethnics um, yeah. or ethnicity and different dialects and different ways of doing things. Different food. Yeah. Different foods. Yeah. And, that stand out for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, type. Their foods basically uh, is dependent upon what they cultivate in that region, um, what they can cultivate in that region, and they have all different ways of doing exactly that. Um, and they have, uh, like Colleen mentioned, uh, a food, a special food that symbolizes that mm -hmm. particular tribe. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm kind of almost like thinking of like the UP in a way, almost like you have like, your your Italians that live on like the north side of Iron Mountain, and then you've got like your Finlanders and your Swedes and 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 that type of thing is really what I'm kind of thinking back to. Um, I noticed you've got your soccer jersey on now, yeah. what, but you, you it's football. <laughs> football, yeah. This <laughs> is uh, Spain. It's a Spain um, national jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm guessing soccer is pretty big there. You grew up playing soccer, I assume. Yeah, in a school, um, at home with friends, soccer is uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those sports uh, that every kid growing up 
how to play or mm -hmm. just yeah. plays and um so it, it was really fun mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah well and i i, I got to get used to saying football because i'm used to <laughs> i'm used to our football so <laughs> it took me um uh, i'm still trying to get used to calling <laughs> <laughs> So Colleen, you ended up going to uh, NMU to be a teacher, which one of the many people in our family that are, are teachers. Um, what made you want to teach? Um, I, I think back and I just, I, I love, I love learning myself. I absolutely love learning. And I had the experience of going into a, a fifth grade classroom, which is actually what I teach now. Um, and to spend a whole year helping in that classroom. Um, and shockingly, it was actually a cousin of ours and it was his classroom. <laughs> um, and, and I, I just loved it. I loved how the kids just lit up and I loved how he was able to impact them. And I, I just really, I, I grew fondness for that. And to be able to pass on my love for learning, I think is what really made me want to pursue this um to get kids excited about learning and and you know discovering new things and and that so i think that's probably what it is yeah. i don't think that's great i i can definitely re relate to that i feel like it's kind of a lot of the same reasons why i you know went into teaching um yeah. so suma i know that you studied and if i slaughter this name i apologize but it, uh the dar a salam institute of technology is that right or did i slaughter it um institute of technology okay oh. So, yeah. so can you talk a little bit about what you were studying there? Yes. Uh, so um, going back um, before I was awarded a scholarship to Dar es Salaam Institute of Technology, I, award, I was awarded a scholarship to go to Moshi Technical Secondary School, okay. um, the boarding school in my region. Um, and after my four years there, I got a scholarship, a government scholarship to go to DIT, um, which is in the city center of Dar es Salaam. Um, the big city. Yeah, it's-, it's I was <laughs> gonna say, that's the capital, right? No, actually the capital is Dodoma. Oh, okay. Uh, where the parliament is, but in Dar es Salaam, it's one of the most important city because most of the uh, country's economy has been uh, mm -hmm. driven from there. In mm -hmm. fact, the White House is in uh, Dar es Salaam. Even okay. though it's the capital. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> On the coast, so um, a lot of uh, um, import items uh, go through there as well and gets uh, transported around the country. Um, and yeah, so my yeah, I spent four years at DIT. Um, I majored in um, electronics and telecommunication engineering, and I was involved in a lot of uh, basketball at college mm -hmm. and uh, football as well. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And I was also involved in the student organization there. Um, I was part of the uh, Ministry of uh, uh, News and Communication. So yeah, I had a lot of uh, good times. Did you always have like an interest in, in technology and, and that type of stuff? Or is that something that when you went to like Moshi that you kind of found or? That, that started a, a long time ago. My dad used to uh, bring with me um, at work. Uh, my dad was an accountant and um, he spent a lot of time in, with the spreadsheet and I would spend a lot of time um, in his office on a computer trying to figure things out basically age <laughs> and this is back when I was say not even a first grade honestly it's wow <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and 
So I think the curiosity started there on how these things work and how, you know, they, they're very, they seem very efficient uh, in a way that some of them you don't even have to think about it, but things just happen. Well, how does this happen? So that curiosity sort of like drove me to um, wanting to understand um, the behind the scene, uh, the scene functionality. And, and I think um, it, it brought more interest in, in, in technology. And then can you touch a little bit on when you went to um, Moshi Secondary and how like it's like specific because you yes. went to a technical school? Yeah, so in Moshi Tech, uh, like I mentioned, it's a boarding school um, and um, it's, it's a technical school. So basically you have to uh, specifically focus on the uh, area of your interest. Um, sure. And I was, uh, Mostly, I chose to focus on um, electrical installation and electrical engineering, um, and it literally opened my eyes in, in different ways as, as how uh, you know electric electricity work and its origin altogether. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I learned a lot about Thomas Edison and all the um, um, uh, inventors. Uh, within that area. Mm -hmm. um, I switched gears going to college because I wasn't, uh, electrical engineering is not very focused. Uh, it is a bit different from elect electronics in general. Sure. Um, I was very interested in, in, in how machine work, how, how computer uh, parts communicate with each other to um, make this particular computation yeah, that yeah. we're having right here possible. <laughs> so yeah. where, um, electronics is, you know, the devices that put together in telecommunication is how those devices actually communicate with each other and through what medium and what protocols and stuff like that. So um, it's, yeah. One thing led to another. One thing yeah, led yeah. to another. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's interesting because uh, you just obviously uh, around the world, the educational systems are just kind of set up differently, you know, so it's just interesting to hear um, how you kind of found your path because I, I, and I ask that question to just about everybody that comes on the podcast, because for everybody, it's always a little bit different how you kind of find that path in life. So I, I think that that's super interesting. Um, I mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, Felch and Tanzania are 8,000 miles apart, right? Yeah. So the big question is, is, okay, so how do two people who are 8,000 miles apart find each other? And that kind of circles back to you being a teacher and an opportunity that you had to go to Tanzania in 2013. So can you talk a little bit about that? I would love to. Oh my gosh, it was such an impactful uh, moment in my life. So yeah, I, I got an email from my principal that just was like, hey, there's this opportunity to go to Africa. And this was sent to all teachers in Michigan. Um, and I applied and I, from what I understand, there was about 600 or so people who applied wow. and for whatever reason I was one of 15 and they picked me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must've just said the right thing, I guess. I don't know. So I actually went there, went with 14 other Michigan teachers on scholarship to study experiential science. So learning science through experience. Um, and we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and we went on safari through Ngorongoro Crater and the Serengeti. Um, we got to go to Oldupai Gorge, which is where Lewis and Mary Leakey found the remains of the first hominids, which is like, as a science teacher, that was just like, oh, <laughs> um, amazing. Um, we went on Lake Victoria, which is the second largest lake by surface area after Lake Superior, which is kind of cool. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, so we just studied all like different realms of science. We studied the biomes of Kilimanjaro. Um, yeah, so that's when I actually first met Suma was on that trip. Um, he, as, as well as other amazing people worked for the company called Trek to Killy, which is the company that my, my group used. Um, and it's actually owned by Suma's brother. Yeah. Um, uh, Isa. Um, so anyway, he, yeah, he, I met him that, that year and, mm -hmm. um, with that trip was, you know, as well as the rest of the amazing team that was. So that how was, long were you there? What was that? How long were you there? Um, that first trip, I think was about three weeks. We were there for about three weeks. Um, oh my gosh. And it was just absolutely incredible. Oh, I, it just was that, that there, his country is just so amazing. Like just the, the animals and the scenery and the people and the food and just everything is, it was just so amazing. It really is. Was um, that your first time leaving the country? Like going like abroad? Like not, I don't count like Mexico or Canada. Like yeah, I was going to say, no, we went to Mexico, Scott. No. Yeah. 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 No, I don't count that. Yeah. Um, but that was my first, my first trip abroad anywhere. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it was a big one. I remember my, I made my mom and dad sit down when I told them <laughs> that I was going to Africa. <laughs> and of course they were super excited, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just such a huge trip for my first time, like going, yeah. yeah. Going. So the climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, like yeah. how long does that take? Is there like a preparation where you've got to like prep to do it or like what goes into that? Yeah, it's, oh, first of all though, the cool thing about Kilimanjaro is that it's really a walkable mountain. Like anyone who prepares for it can do it. Anyone of, you know, different ages and and just it's it's a very walkable mountain. You don't need any and um any um what's the word I yeah what's the word I'm looking for mountaineering. You don't need any mountaineering like experience or anything. Um, but you do have to train like for cardio. You know, being that it is you know the I think it's what the fourth highest mountain in the world, tallest freestanding mountain in the world, mm -hmm. um over nineteen thousand feet. It, there's it's it's hard to breathe when yeah. you're up there. So the, the you rule is to go poly poly. Yeah, poly poly. You go very slowly. That means slowly in Swahili. Okay. Um, so what we did to to train for it, um, I had like meetings with my group just to like learn about the culture and everything and to prepare us for what Kilimanjaro would bring. But a lot of cardio. I did a ton of cardio. I did a lot of hikes. I went to the Porkies and I hiked there with friends. Um, always making sure to have on whatever boots I was going to wear and whatever day pack I was going to carry. Okay. Um, if your body used to that and like put your 20 pounds that you're going to carry, um, in, on your back so that you're prepared for that. And it's not uncomfortable. Um, the, you know, the time that you're climbing. So there's different routes that you can go on Kilimanjaro. Um, and you can, you can go a different amount of days, but the, the, the average I would probably say is what we did. And that's five days to get up the mountain mm -hmm. and two days to get down the mountain. Okay. Um, so yeah. you, you walk, you hike, whatever you want to say for, um, like around five hours each day. And then you stop at the, the camp and the team, which is just absolutely incredible. Scott, these porters that carry your things. They are carrying all of your bags. They're carrying the tents. They're carrying the food, the mess tent, the tables, the, the toilet. Wow. They, are, they are absolutely incredible. And I'm not joking when I say they would have full stuff, walk past us up to the next, the, the next camp, 
turn around, go back, get a second load and beat us to camp. Wow. It is unbelievable how incredible these, these people are. Um, so you get to camp and then they have everything set up for you and they cook for you and you, we, we had a guy who brought a guitar along. So we would just sit around and, and he'd play and we'd sing and, um, then you get up and do it the next day. And as, as the days go by, you're, you know, going through, um, all the different biomes, which is actually what's cool about Kilimanjaro is every biome that's on the face of the earth is on Kilimanjaro. Wow. Yeah. Super cool. Right. Yeah. So we, we studied each of the biomes as we went up. Um, and so you're seeing all different, you know, different plant life and, and animal life and everything. And then you get to the top and there's nothing. <laughs> you go there, no animals want to live there. Um, but I will tell you that it's the most beautiful sunrise I have ever seen is above the clouds on summit day of Kilimanjaro. Wow. Gosh, it was just, it was a sea of clouds beneath us. And um, that day we got up at like 3 a.m. and you climbed the summit. Um, and you really only spend about, I'd say 20 minutes at the top, just because it's so hard to breathe and you can risk altitude sickness. Um, and then you go back down to the camp that you would select at, um, okay. which is the highest camp, which is at about 15,000 feet. Okay. And the highest you can sleep. Um, cause we don't need, we don't, you don't need oxygen like to like an oxygen tank when you're there. So, um, yes. And then you can go down quick, quicker to only takes two days to get down just because, your body acclimates much better going down than it does going up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Suma, were you, were you working for your brother's company, like helping, helping them out? What was yes. it? Yep, I was. Um, and at the time I was doing um, marketing for my brother's uh, company. Um, and um, actually before I started working my one of my, my brother gave me a challenge to first conquer Mount Kili yeah. um, so that I could start working and be uh, have, have enough knowledge of what I'm marketing about yeah. okay so, and I, I, I hiked and I reached the top when I was 17 on his 17th birthday on my 17th birthday so wow I turned 17 on the day we went to the summit so it was very special and super um, um, Awesome. Awesome, awesome <laughs> moment. <laughs> so I literally had uh, Christmas, New Year, and my birthday hiking Mount Kelly. Wow. That's that. Yeah, that is definitely pretty special. Um, so again, the name, we'll, we'll give them, we'll give them a plug, their company. So it's, it's track the number two Kelly, right.com. Yes. And oh my gosh, they're just amazing. They, yeah. his company is is really awesome. Um, he, he, you know, he's not a gigantic company, which is really great because then he can really focus on the people that, that are his clients, but he has over 10 years of experience doing this. His brother, he started off as a porter and then was a guide and then now owns his own company. That's very um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also <laughs> one of those, uh, companies that, um, are part of the K-pop, which stands oh, yeah. for Kilimanjaro Porters Assist Assistance Program. Yeah. Um, basically, um, they have to adhere to giving enough wages to the porters and enough uh, free meals while hiking. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. other companies don't do that. Um, so. And they're just, it's just not safe conditions for the porters. They're not paid well, mm-hmm. they're not fed well. And so if you're part of K-pop, you basically are saying like, we promise to do this. Like this is okay. 
costs mm -hmm. um, and we we ensure that our porters are well taken care of. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So, okay, so you're there for three weeks, you yeah. come back to the yeah. States, but yeah. you ended up going back? To I did, right? yeah. I, you know, I got back and right away I knew I wanted, I wanted to go back. I, I just, I loved my experience, but I was very, very much a tourist in a big group of, of what they call Mzungu, which is white tourists. <laughs> um, and so I just, I wanted to see it from like a more local perspective. Like I really wanted to see it. I wanted to see what going to market looks like and, you know, just seeing what, what everyday life kind of looks like there. So um, I had asked Giza if I could go back and, and stay with his family. He's, um, at the time, it was um, his wife and two daughters. They have three daughters now. Um, if I could just live with their family um, and just experience it from a more local perspective. So um, at the same time, I also connected with St. Timothy's School that's there. And um, my students here did a big fundraiser, and we were able to provide some awesome supplies to these students, including soccer balls, which they didn't have. They were just using like, they would just tie plastic a bunch of bags. rags and plastic bags together for a soccer ball. Wow. So I was able to get them some of those. And I was able to, to go and, and have some time at St. Timothy school. And, and since then I've actually been back six times now I've been to Tanzania. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> And I've you're, not lived, the, you're not you're technically really not a tourist anymore no, no not much I look like one when I'm there but, <laughs> but I yeah I we you know we lived um I lived there for a whole summer mm -hmm. um right down in the city right in the middle of the city which was really awesome it was such a great experience um I've stayed on the coast I've stayed in Moshi I've got to experience a lot now uh since that first trip you you guys have mentioned a couple of times uh, a few words or things in Swahili. That's that's like the official language, right? Yes. Yes. yes that's the deal. National deal. language. Deal. <laughs> so you've picked up enough then, Colleen. Like, are, would you say you're fluent or just some words, you know? Or I'm okay. So that's actually like, can you grab my cards? That's like yes. my big thing right now. Is I'm really working on. There's more becoming fluent. Like these okay. are my. I'm really, really working on it. <laughs> um, I told you I love learning. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I know a lot of phrases. I know a lot of things that I can communicate with our boys, um, and and you know work to help them uh, become fluent in Swahili also. Um, so I'm getting there. I'm not there yet. <laughs> not as far as I want to be. Um, but I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm 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 just assuming because I don't know the exact timeline, but I'm just assuming in the midst of these trips, that's where the the romance, uh, yeah. Begins, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. After being there a few times, I was like, yeah, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we we ended up um, starting the the visa process for Suma to come here. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you about that because um, I, I obviously I know that you guys got married here in 2015, but I just kind of wanted to talk to you guys about kind of that process of you know yeah. making that decision. Okay, like we're 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 doing this. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I I can start if you want. Yeah. Okay. okay. So we um we decided to go with there's different visas you can come here on. Um, but the ones for marriage, you can either choose to be married abroad and then someone can come here on a spouse visa, or you can choose to be married here and they come on a fiance visa. 
And so that's the one that we decided to go with was a fiance visa to be married here in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, so also, also known as K-1 visa. Yeah, a K-1 visa. Um, so yeah, we, we started that process, um, which is honestly, it's a very time consuming, very lengthy, very rigorous process um, that takes a lot of um, patience. Yeah, and, and just, you know, making sure you have all your ducks in a row and, um, yeah, so we we did that. We went through that process, um, and that took about altogether like seven months, I think, yes. before he was approved of his visa, and then was able to come here. Um, but then it's you go through all the the steps here, then too. The whole then once you once yeah. he's here, mm -hmm. um, we uh, had ninety days to get married. So you know that show, Ninety Day Fiance. That's like legit. Like that's. <laughs> Um, so we got married and then he was able to transfer into his permanent resident card. Okay. Okay. Now, Suma, when, when basically around 2015, when, when this was going on, was that your first trip to the United States or had you been here prior? No, that was my very first, first trip. Okay. So first time to the U S first time to the UP, what, what, what were your, what were your first impressions? What's going through your head? <laughs> Well, I got hit with the culture shock. I mean, everything <laughs> was different altogether. Culturally, you know, lifestyle-wise, it's mm -hmm. all different. And I literally just said to myself, okay, I'm going to be open here and just let it all be and absorb and observe and learn um, and, and, you know, fully understand the culture so that I can be able to be part of it. Um, mm -hmm. And at the same time, understand the cultural differences and be able to um, answer questions when asked about cultural differences. And there's everything. Yeah, I had to guess. Yeah, um, most. I would say most. Maybe not everything. Yeah, I mean, we... most, most of most yeah. of uh, mm -hmm. cultural differences are completely different. I, I remember you hadn't been here long and I remember you had posted something on Facebook. I think it was probably your first winter about seeing people going ice fishing, <laughs> <laughs> like, like going out on Teal Lake. That, I don't know why, but that sticks out to me. Story, if I can share that story. <laughs> we were driving by, on, by Teal Lake and he looked out and there was a truck on the, the water, on the ice on the lake and he was like, what, what are they doing? <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, what, what do you mean? What are they doing? He's like, them, what are they doing? <laughs> I'm like, they're all, they're going ice fishing. He's like, they're on the ice with a truck. <laughs> I was like, yes, they are. <laughs> and he was like, I, I gotta take a video of this. I gotta send this to my friends. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have never guessed that was uh, nearly a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was quite funny. So there he was videoing it because his friends back home really needed to see that there was a truck mm -hmm. that was on. <laughs> I know there's snow up on Kilimanjaro when you get high enough, but like from where where you grew up, um, what was the climate like? I mean, is there snow there at all, or I mean, is it more like just a warm climate? Or no, yeah, we are very close to the uh, equator. Um, okay. Tanzania is. Uh, I'll say it's three degrees. It's south. like three degrees south from the equator. Okay, it's always very warm and hot, mm -hmm. and is uh, like just summer here. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and if it's uh, like winter time, it's mostly rain. Yeah, um, 
it will go down up to say 50 um, uh, Fahrenheit. Um, but if they go lower than that, it's that's, un like that's unlikely. Of. And that's usually like in the um, higher elevations that mm -hmm. it will get that, that yeah, especially that cold. <laughs> yeah, so say Mount Keeley, it's a bit colder. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, the average is always very, very hot. Mm -hmm. So one of the uh one of the sayings about the up is that you you've got to really like the winter to live here you've got to figure out ways to like enjoy it yeah. have you figured out some ways or, or some things that you, you can do in the winter time that you like doing yes a lot in fact I, I discovered real quickly that in order to enjoy the winter is like you said do something and enjoy actually just accept it to begin with and then go and do stuff so um <laughs> the very first year that i got here i tried skiing, downhill skiing. I loved it. Um, it was very fun. Um, actually makes me look forward to winter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he like really likes downhill skiing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you did snow biking too. I did snow biking too. Like fat tire bike. Okay. He did yeah, a bike. Very cool. That was very fun. I would do that again too. Um, so <laughs> this yeah. year you we did um, you did ice skating too this year. Oh yeah. Because we got the boys out ice skating. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. <laughs> So what would you say you enjoy most about the UP? Uh, the, the beauty of it. I, I really enjoy the dynamic of having four seasons. That's something that um, growing up I never had. And I, and I, I really appreciate it. Um, having to um, adjust and, and do things differently based on those mm -hmm. conditions. It's, it provides a dynamic in life that I, I see it and I, I, I appreciate it. Um, and obviously, um, the activities during these four seasons, you know, given they're different and, um, and in the people who makes the UP beautiful, I, I do love that too, as well. That's great. It's, it's interesting to get that perspective because the vast majority of everybody that I've had on this podcast so far is born and raised here. So yeah. to really, to really truly get like an outside perspective of somebody that, that, that's come here and, and fallen in love with, with it is, is interesting to hear. Um, so Colleen, I know you're still teaching, obviously you just mentioned you're a fifth grade teacher. Yeah. Um, you're teaching in Escanaba. Suma, you're working for NMU right now, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So what are you doing for Northern? I'm a web developer for the Lydia Molson library at NMU. Um, I'm responsible for building and maintaining a variety of web applications, including um, the library website that uh, we successfully launched on um, last fall. Um, and before I was hired uh, at NMU, I was looking for opportunity and a career that I would not only grow as a person, but professionally and intellectually. Um, and all while utilizing my talent to serve my community. And I've now been there for going on my third year and it has proven to be exactly that. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And, 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 and a great place to work. I mean, Northern is such a key part of Marquette. So, I mean, talk about being like plugged right into everything. That's, that's where you want to be for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so to take a little bit more kind of serious turn here with our conversation, if it's okay with the two of you, um, I just feel like it's an important conversation to have with everything that's been going on in the world lately, you know, the current state of affairs. Um, I, I just think it's important to hear. Um, so Suma, as a, as a black man living in a part of the country that, I mean, you look around, it's predominantly white people everywhere you look. Um, 
how would you say your experience has been? That's a, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, you're putting me on the, on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I agree with you. These are uh, very important questions that we should have um, and genuinely listen and understand um, the other person's perspective. That's very, uh, I find that's very important. But, so from my experience, most people in the UP uh, are kind and friendly in a way that people don't think twice about stopping to chat with uh, a person like me, a person of color. Um, and it does make me feel as I'm a part of the community and that goes a long way. Um, and, and also I feel those people in this area really do a good job speaking up for minority groups and against those who may not feel as eager to be as inclusive. Um, and it's people like you using your platform to educate and continue to bring light uh, to initiate these types of conversations. Um, and and I, I really thank you for that. Well, thank you. It's one of those things where it's very easy to, because you know, we, you and I, we see each other occasionally, and we, and we just have, I would just say, surface level conversation, like you do when you're just hanging out and having a barbecue or whatever. You're not really getting into deep talks, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's just nice to to have a little bit of a deeper dive and and get to know you and your perspective, like you said, because I think myself included, a lot of us need to just kind of learn and understand better, and I think that's where a lot of stuff starts is yeah. just learning and, and just sitting down with somebody and saying, Hey, here, here's what I'm about. Yeah. Um, are there, are there any sort of like racial or, or societal issues like that in Tanzania? Uh, is that something that, that goes on there as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, LGB, LGBT community, for instance, uh, okay. it is not accepted by the government and that's unfortunate. Um, so there definitely are um, uh, such issues, and, and I, there's also initiatives to to change that, mm -hmm. which I also support. Um, but great. there's not really any um, like racial tension though in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. um, but that would be the I would say a similar mm -hmm. societal issue. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting, especially um, you know with it with it um, the big. Um, law that was just passed by the Supreme Court yesterday and it being Pride Month and a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of parallels to what's going on here in the U.S. to, to over there. So th that is really great. Um, we also just passed Loving Day, which uh, for those listening in that may not know, that celebrates Richard and Mildred Loving's case uh, before the Supreme Court um, that basically struck down laws that made interracial marriage illegal. So obviously you two are an interracial couple and you've been married for nearly five years. Uh, what's that experience been like for you? Um, I think, I don't know. I think it's been great for us. Uh, most people honestly are super supportive mm -hmm. and, and often they don't really notice per se that we're an interracial couple. Um, and, uh, and if people do notice, they, they tend to give us a really friendly smile and they'll watch as we walk past. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is you know it's 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 great um and we have we have like kind of similar experiences when we're in the U.S. and then when we're in Tanzania also mm -hmm. um because interracial marriages in Tanzania are 
um, very much accepted. They're just not often seen. Um, so we'll, we'll a lot of times get little kids that will watch us in Tanzania, like just looking at us like, wow, <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think for, for us, we yeah. feel it's really been great. I, yeah. yeah. That makes me feel good. Cause I mean, you know, you just never know, like until you walk a mile in somebody's shoes, you don't really know what they go through. So to, to hear that it's been a positive experience for you makes me feel good. It really has been positive. You know, there's probably been, there's been, you know, some things, but we don't tend to, to dwell on those or, or to focus on those because, you know, most people are just really genuine and yeah, kind and, and very supportive of us. And, yeah. and that's what we, you know, we choose to focus on that. So. Sure. Um, with everything that's been going on, I mean, what have the conversations like been like between the two of you? I mean, have, have there been some awkward conversations? Oh, some deep ones. So, yeah, <laughs> we are, we are very open and, mm -hmm. and our conversation at home are exactly that, um, honest and real. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you will. So we have, we have some very deep conversation about our experiences and given that we are coming from different culture and different background and hence we are um different racial mm -hmm. uh, if you if you will and yeah. and and figuring out how um we can um use our voice um mm -hmm. and experiences to um support the good mm -hmm. Good. I, I, I like, I, I like hearing you say that support the good. <laughs> you guys know there's plenty of negativity to go around. So the more we can, can share the good, the better. Um, speaking of that, what type of stuff have you guys been like reading to or, or listening to or like watching what, what have been some of the things that you've found? Um, lately we've both been very into like self-development and personal development books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, really been something we've both we've been reading together and um I took a turn and then now he's reading it yep. um we've also since everything that has been going on in our country we both have found we want to really learn about the history of the United States you know I grew up here but um there's so much that you know that I, I didn't know and that I'm I'm really coming to to learn about and I think it's it's awesome for me as a US citizen and as you know Suma's wife um, to be really informed and really um, um, knowledgeable just about you know the country that I, I I was raised in and that I live in and um, so we've been doing a lot of learning about that and um, we've we've been watching some documentaries um, also on on those topics and yeah i mean that's i'd say that's yeah where our focus has been lately yeah, yeah. Really, we've been doing the same thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm like trying to like soak up, soak up as much as we can i had shared a couple on the podcast but i just feel like both patty and i were like each day we're like looking to try and find like oh did you see this did you see that it almost becomes like a like almost like a game between the two of us is like who can find more <laughs> info to share <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing a lot of the same too. Yeah. Just trying to grow personally and, and um, yeah. And just become, you know, really, really knowledgeable and, and understanding about everything that's, you know, going on and, and yeah. So. Well, I, and I think it's great. I mean, in the middle of all this too, you're raising two twin boys. Like, 
can I can I just give you major props for that because because <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's let alone dealing with with everything with day-to-day life but but also being a parent to, to two kids it's it's pretty awesome as well um yeah, is there is there anything else that like I've missed or like that you guys would add or that you want to discuss because I, I feel like I've kind of hit everything I wanted to chat with you guys about yeah um I don't know I feel mm-hmm. like yeah. Um, the one thing that I, that I wanted to touch on about, um, my experience in Tanzania, um, that Suma and I had talked about, we've talked about, um, a few times is just, um, there's such a strong, um, feeling of community and that is replicated here in the UP. And that's something that's similar about our cultures. Um, especially, you know, here where, where, where I grew up and, but in, in his culture, um, who you have is much more um, valued than what you have. And that's something that, you know, speaking of our children, Freddie and George, something that we really try to instill in them um, is just, you know, really loving who is in your, your community and who's mm-hmm. in your circle. And, um, you know, we've, we've watched some things and something that really caught our attention was that um, more is caught than is taught. Mm-hmm. And I really loved that. That came from um, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man with Emmanuel Acho. Yes. Um, which I'm really loving. Um, yeah, that's what he said. And I, that just really resonated with us. And, mm-hmm. and we really feel like with Freddie and George, we want to emphasize on modeling what we teach and what, what is important to us and provide them with as many diverse experiences as possible, because truly this is only two out of everything in this world. And we really want to, um, give them the opportunity to just immerse themselves in many different cultures and many different perspectives and have lots of different diverse experiences because Truly, that's what we feel makes people love and respect everyone who they encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been really working on, you know, focusing on that in our family also. Yeah. That's, that's, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, that's really great. Um, I, I can't thank you guys enough for sitting down and having this conversation with me. Um, I guess I'll, I'll kind of wrap things up here that with the same question that I ask everybody. And that's how, how do you like your pasty? Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You go first. Hun. <laughs> um, I, I think the first time I had a pasty was the very first year I got here. Um, and I think it was made by um, my mother-in-law, Missy. I was going to say, was it an aunt Missy homemade pasty? Ah, her amazing yes. pasties. <laughs> I mean, I love him. Um, I like, I love them a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have ketchup on it. Huh? Ketchup. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's a ketchup guy because I'm a ketchup girl. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have no gravy in this house. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we're, we're both kind of, and as I know you are too, Scott, we're very partial to my mom's pasties cause man, they're good. <laughs> All right. Well, Colleen, Suma, 
thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank, thank you. you for having us. We're, we're so yeah. honored. Thank you so much. And that's going to wrap things up for this week's episode. Another huge thank you to Colleen and Suma for not only sharing their story with me, but for having kind of a awkward uh, conversation about, you know, a uncomfortable topic. Um, you know, we didn't take a super deep dive into the issue, but um, I just really appreciated them sharing a, a perspective different than my own. And I hope that if anything, that's, that's you know, the big takeaway for those of you listening in is, is just a, a different perspective and, and viewpoint than many of us get on a day-to-day basis. And I think that like we said in the interview, that's where it starts is just sitting down and, and having a conversation with somebody. So again, I'm just really grateful uh, to them for, for taking the time to talk with me. And I'm just, I love them both very much. I'm very proud to call them family. So I'll write a little bit of housekeeping per usual. Uh, as always, I want to hear your questions uh, and comments and feedback. So don't hesitate to reach out to me at chat it up pod at gmail.com otherwise you can find me on youtube twitter facebook instagram just type in chat it up podcast and you should be able to find it Um, so as i always say thank you all so very much for listening in i'm your host shooter reminding you to love one another keep your chin up and your eyes forward